thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to today's show where we are kind of talking about everything, actually. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so our beautiful Kimmy has just been on a seven-day retreat and I have been so jelly bean. <laughs> The whole week. I must have thought of you a million times, Kimmy. We can't wait to hear all about it and what you got up to because I know there was horses. (laughs) (laughs) And bees. I know. And we're going to talk about bees and we're going to talk about honey. And then we might even talk about some other stuff too. So strap yourselves in, listeners, because this is actually going to be one of those podcasts. You know those ones where we kind of just... Uh, we just riff and we go all over the show because we've got so many things to say. And this is the one of those podcasts where you get to feel like we're in your lounge room, you're a fly on the wall, and we are your girlfriends hanging around having a chat with you. So if you're listening to this, it's, I don't know, anytime after about 11 o'clock, grab a wine. Or if it's before 11 o'clock <laughs> or 12 o'clock or whatever it takes you, fancy, grab a coffee or a tea, put your feet up and relax and listen. <laughs> I have my tea, Karen. I have my inflammation tea, so I'm ready to go. Go, girls. I'm happy. <laughs> and, and I'm not drinking wine. I'm not. <laughs> Even though it's after 11 o'clock. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kimmy, tell us, girlfriend, tell us about where you've been and what you've been up to because, OMG, <laughs> I want to be you when I grow up. Really, Aww. I do. Honestly, it was just the most amazing gift I have ever, ever, ever bestowed um, on myself and, and been given. But, I mean, I know not everybody listening to this would ever get the opportunity to go to a place like Guingana, which is in the hinterland of the Gold Coast. And I have looked at it for many, many years. In fact, I met the director three years ago at the Mark Burris Business Chicks event with you, Cindy. And um, I said to her there and then, one day I will be coming to your um, retreat. And I just didn't know when. And it's been on my vision board. It's been in my dream book. It's been, there's pictures of the green garner in my, you know, in our manifesting Matisse book. And so to actually get there and to experience it was just, and it was just what I needed. It had been such a big year last year, as you know, it was such, I've been exhausted working on this book and I've been exhausted moving house and doing all these things. And it just, it was called the detox retreat, which was seven days. And basically we got immersed into a bubble for seven days and didn't leave the property apart from when we did a couple of hikes and the beautiful 10K walk that we did around the circumference of it. And it was just beautiful. But, you know, things, there were lectures every day. There was qigong every day. Um, There was a beautiful breakfast, which was very detoxifying. And on the final night, I said to Jordan at dinner time one of the guys waiting on us I said so so tonight been our last night Jordan is there any chance that there's a little dessert and he goes well 
funny you should say that. And we've all gone, oh, and I've gone, oh, yay. And he goes, it's, it's called a herbal tea. And it's <laughs> beautiful. And, and so, yes, we got no, no sweet treats. But it was That's very gluten-free. It was wheat-free. It was alcohol-free, caffeine-free. It was all of those things. And I'm sure people listening that do love all those things would cringe. But I have to say to you that being taken into an environment like that, if ever you wanted to go cold turkey, that's probably the way to do it because you're so distracted by so many beautiful things. The environment alone, for those of us that know the hinterland of the Gold Coast, there is, it's just stunning and it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. We had lectures every day on different topics, all the cutting-edge research on different things that have been going on in the environment and in the world around. It was all cutting edge. It was stuff that you guys both talk about from a mind perspective and from the gut health. I mean, it was very general. I wouldn't say it goes as deep as what we do here on the podcast, but it was general because there were some people there starting their journey. And then there were people like us that have been on this journey for quite some time. And um, for, for me personally, it reinforced um, everything that we share here on this podcast. It made me feel very very proud of of the knowledge that our beautiful Cindy has around health and nutrition and wellness and certainly made me feel incredibly proud of, of the likes of Karen with her unbelievable. In fact, I can honestly say, Karen, that you would have, it was probably lacking you, if anything, because it, um, it, they really could have done with a little bit more of the mind habit connections sort of things, but maybe it was yeah. just because it was at the beginning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I went to, um, oh, gosh, oh, the name is Golden Door, the Golden Door, and um, they asked me to do a, a three-day event with them um, because they found it very difficult to find people who would be able to talk on the kind of mindset and the kind of struggles that you go through when you are going through those detoxes. Um, and that, I did that one out at Newcastle, and that was absolutely beautiful. I haven't yeah. thought to offer my services to Gwingana, though. That's never occurred to me. I wonder if I put that into my diary. Yes, please. And yes, in fact, Cindy, I think they would have been blown away with Cindy's knowledge. <laughs> um, but but the treats were one. like you had um, included in your package, depending on which package you ordered, you had three treatments as a part of that. Mm. And the, the spa menu was so extensive. It was just, it was freaky from, um, oh my gosh, from a thing that I tried called the Spirit of Sound, which was a treatment that was crossed with Hawaiian and um, a Lumi Lumi massage crossed with um, a music and the music was very loud. It was drums and African and tribal and then it was, then Maori sounds came into it and then Aboriginal sounds and the way she massaged was at the beat of the drum and the and the, it was, I just can't even describe it. It was so amazing over a beautiful two-hour period. It was just, I was completely transported to another world in that because it felt like, you know, when we've talked about regressions, particularly Cindy, around you in Africa and places like that, I just couldn't stop picturing us all in these tribal situations, or you going to Africa this year. Like I just, oh, I just, I kept seeing all of these beautiful visions and you're just totally transported to another place when you're in and I tried things that 
you know, I didn't go for the Thai massage or shiatsu or regular massage because I know I can get those beautifully here on the coast. So I, I chose treatments that were a little bit left field and it was amazing. Um, and then the other one was the equine therapy, which really intrigued me because it was also based on the four um, temperaments, which is the choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic and melancholic personalities, which you both know I'm trained in. So I wanted to see how on earth she was going to pull the two of these things together with the power of horses. And, oh, my gosh, Sue Spence, um, oh, my gosh, she was just phenomenal. Um, her story, I don't, I don't even know where to start, actually. I don't, I don't even know what to say to you, except that if you go to Healing with Horses, I think Healing Humans with Horses, I think, is her website. We, we um, should interview but, her. I asked her, so we'll, we'll hopefully get her on. She couldn't believe it. She's so humble. She's like, a what? A podcast? So was Shelley, the organic gardener. She didn't even know what it was. She's, she's too scared to even, she goes, oh, I'm not sure. And I asked Donna, who was the program manager, because I thought it would just be really cool because they see all different people. Do you know there was one man that went there and actually spent nine months there. He was incredibly obese, unwell. He was on the verge, you know, he was at crisis point with he was going to die or he was going to try and do this to get well. And apparently the story of his progression over nine months, I mean, I know what I felt over seven days. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in that environment for nine months? Um, you know, of course you'd need a lot of money to do that. Um, and this man was very wealthy. He'd obviously got very sick getting wealthy and now was using his wealth to get unsick. So maybe there's a bit of a message in that. Mm. So, yes, my darlings, it was a week I will never, ever forget. It was something, and it was all about myself. Each one of us, it was all about your own journey. So you had quiet time, rest time, walk time. You could do qigong. You could do as much as you wanted or as least as you wanted. You could go to all the lectures or you didn't have to go to the lectures. And, of course, I did everything and anything I could um, to experience the whole as much as I could. So I, I can't fault it, guys. It was, it was phenomenal. Gosh, it just sounds amazing. So tell us more about the horse whispering. <laughs> tell us more about what they did. Well, when we arrived, Sue, this lady, she's won Gold Coast Businesswoman of the Year Award. She's won all sorts of things if you look her up, Sue Spence. Um, she, she has this, she didn't mean to, but she has these four horses. Um, and these four horses were... Um, she just noticed and she got them from a refuge. One was saved from going to the meatworks. One was saved from, um, she, he, she was being abused on this farm. And, and she just, she just is one of those women who didn't do very good at school. She was classed as, I guess in this day and age, she would have been considered ADD or ADHD. She, um, didn't thrive at school. She felt very rejected in all of those environments, didn't feel like she belonged. And the one place she felt great was on the back of a horse and working with horses. Horses. And, you know, through that, she spent so much time with horses. She felt so empowered and she met um, another man whose name escapes me, but she was trained under him and just learned as much as she could from this beautiful man who just believed in the power of horse whispering. And she noticed without even realizing it, that these four horses had four quite different temperaments. And she calls them Sonny and Larry. And um, I'll have to just grab my book in a second and tell you the other one's names because I'm so excited telling you. But they had these four temperaments. And then she had the, the head of Queensland University, I think it was, who was the head of psychology, the psychology um, department. 
come and listen to because she was working with youths that were disadvantaged and she was working with children that were, you know, in different um, criminal backgrounds and, and, you know, dysfunctional families and, and misfortunate, beautiful young children that, and teenagers that were troubled. And she just found a way to communicate with them through the power of these horses. And um, this lady kept coming back to her talks because they kept getting more and more information out there of people having these transformative programs, these people that were becoming better human beings. And so this lady came along to see what it was all about. Now, Sue just raved the whole way as she, was, as she would with the way she'd talk about this with these horses. And the lady came up to her afterwards and said, actually, we'd quite like to academize, I think that's the word, academize this, um, this whole program. And it fits really well into our four temperaments. Um, and Sue reckoned she stood there going, you what? Like she, she just had no concept of how to academically create anything. And so she worked with the university and this is now a program that is taught um, and worked with um, different institutions and different um, young offenders situations and also and schools. And to be honest with you, what happened is, is that you would work out which personality you were, which is very much based on what I call the powerful, playful, peaceful and precise. And each one of these horses display different temperaments. Now, depending on your energy when you enter the arena with this horse, the horse will either tune into your energy or not. And if and so she'd make us stand on the outside of the arena with our feet apart and and she'd ask questions like, what's your favourite food? And I said, I don't know, a raw cheesecake. And she said, all right, Kim, well, imagine the raw cheesecake's right beside your hands, beside your legs. You're not going to squash it into your legs, are you? So every time my hands got too close to my body, she goes, oh, I can see the cheesecake getting squashed. So it was just so cute the way she talked. And then you had to walk in with confidence, your tummy and belly relaxed and your shoulders back and just walk casually up to the horse. And I walked up to Jack and a couple of the others had already had their experience and I was watching the whole thing and I walked up to Jack and Jack, he stomped, he lifted up his left hoof and put it down. He lifted up his right hoof and put it down and then he just looked me right in the eye and I, I can't even begin to tell you what I felt. Um, I might sound like a loopy person but I felt like I saw Jack and I don't even know how to say it, but it was just like, um, I don't know, we connected, okay? We connected and and we just had the most beautiful moment. And, and I, did, did, does that make sense? Because you know, Cindy, I'm frightened of horses because of falling off yeah. that one with you. And yeah. so it was, it was a big thing for me to, and I'm not frightened of them, but I'm frightened to be, you know, in their space. I don't want to be, I don't want to be shocked by them as much. So he just stood there and the two previous people he had got a little bit antsy with and one woman in particular he he kept going really fast and and then she just told me to wave my right hand with the 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 rope that was attached to him and um as I waved it Jack walked back about six paces and then just stood there looking at me and I just couldn't believe that as I waved my hand gently in my right hand and he walked back six paces and then I had to hold the rein up and then this other rein in my right hand and spread it out wide and then she said now visualize him walking and so I visualized him walking and I just lifted my right hand and Jack started walking in a circle and then she said now now visualize and stand stronger and let him know you'd like him to trot and so I just went come on Jack you can trot with me and he's I'm not kidding he started trotting and then 
she said, now go back to thinking about him walking. And I was watching her to see if she was doing something to, to make him do it, but she wasn't. She was right beside me. And he started walking and everything I thought or talked to him with, he just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Cindy, you'd probably know more because you've ridden so much and you know these beautiful animals. But I cried. I actually cried, I have to say to you. I got very teary and very emotional being there with Jack because I just, I don't, I don't know what to say. I would be beside myself howling. Honestly, you I'm would just, be Karen. Oh God, I would be a mess. I'd probably scare the hell out of the horse. I'd be an absolute write-off. Oh. But I've watched those natural horse women and men, and they're quite phenomenal. What um, they, you know, they can do. I went to Farm Fantastic with my dad and uh, another guy, and they had a natural horseman um, gentleman. And he was only young and his, his wife and child were in the stand and just watching what he could do with the horses. And it's, but it was him, I could see him marrying up to these horses. You know, he was, um, what do they call it? It's, it's another word. I forget now, but they were um, coming together and people who are horse people will know what I'm trying to say here. But um, I just love watching it. It is, it is beautiful. It really is. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's quite a few people around the world that do do that healing with horses, but I didn't know there was somebody here in Australia. So I look forward to interviewing her, Kim. She will be amazing. Oh, I think she's just adorable, and she's just mm. and she's a Kiwi. She's from New Zealand, you know, troubled background, and she's just one of those women. I don't if you if you I don't know if you've looked up her website while we've been talking, but horseshelpinghumansaustralia.com is the mm. main one. But she. Um, she, she, she's the classic example and where I'd love to, what I think our listeners would gain from this is she's the classic example of someone who didn't know what they, to do. She was told she couldn't do a lot of things. She felt comfortable in one area of her life and just spent as much time as she could. And then from that, her business developed, you know what I mean? Instead of thinking, I must do this as a business and this is how I'm going to do it, it was a true passion and people found her and then people were writing articles about her and then people were coming to her and asking her to come and do a, a talk at different schools or different institutions and she's just she's just one of those souls that you get into her energy and, and you just can't help but giggle and smile and and she just loves her horses and, mm. and she just is so beautiful to be with. But what was fascinating is that the horses actually did have these different personalities. And so what she was trying to do is, are you a Sonny? Are you a Larry? You know, do you behave this way? And then she'd get the students to say, well, I'm a Sonny. And then she'd talk to them as if they were Sonny and what Sonny would do. And that's where I could see the power. She believes that personalities um, are what gives you your identity. You know how many times we've all talked and we've gone, this isn't about boxing people in. This isn't about saying you're this and you're that or that you can't be all things. Of course, we can behave in all four temperaments. But what she does and what I loved about it and what she saw the work gave her was that the personalities actually gave her an identity and explained her, as she calls it, sunny behavior. Sunny is a rat bag. Sunny disrupts everybody. And if Sunny's not happy, then Sunny will um, show everybody. And, and she said, oh, you know, it's just like me. And the way she was talking, it was adorable to to watch because you could see she was this horse, Sunny. And, um, and I can see why it would appeal to young people 
who were troubled or people that weren't sure about who they were. And um, a man that came along, he he was sitting there with me and very quiet in the whole thing. But he wanted to. Go, he went to it because um, he was going through a problem, you know, a marriage problem, and he wanted to understand how he could talk to his wife more and. Um, you know, he took from that for himself that it actually wasn't about being able to talk to his wife more. It was about owning his own personality more and being himself more, which I thought was an interesting analogy. So, yeah, this, and then we got to talk, uh, then we got to go over and walk with another horse and actually while other people were working with Jack, then we got to go over with another horse and actually just um, visualise being with him and we just stood with him and, and we scratched behind his ear and we could tell him things and it, he walked with us and he, it, it was like being with a therapist who couldn't talk to you but answered all your problems. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and I didn't think of you Karen so much I thought of Cindy obviously because I thought Sue had Cindy's hands and I thought they must be horse horse people hands <laughs> so um, <laughs> and then I obviously thought of Karen because I thought if she was with me now she'd be peeing oh, her pants totally. um, so yeah that picture I put up was me meeting Jack on my Instagram page and oh, I saw just, that. He just he just like he was so nice and she said she goes oh my gosh and she kept saying to me bring in your your tai chi master energy and, and that's how she talked to you to get you to connect with the horse and and yeah he he was beautiful darlings he was something else mm. oh, sounds yeah, wonderful talking about him <laughs> yeah. So how long you know, did that go for, Kimmy? Did, was that a day? Three hours. Three hours. So yeah. like a morning or an afternoon um, time you did that? Yes, yeah. that was a three-hour thing in the morning. Um, so, you know, the beautiful thing about, you know, how we've always talked about to have good health, it takes discipline. There is no doubt that health, anything that you want in life, it takes discipline to do that. And discipline includes things like education and, and doing things that are on a regular basis. So the way Gwangana works is very much um, along the lines that the same thing happens every day, but different topics or different experiences are on offer. So, um, and I loved it. And I, you, honestly, I watched people transform before me. Uh-huh. Now, it was, it was like one, one guy came in there. He's so gorgeous. His name's Howie. And, um, you know, he's a franchise owner of nine McDonald's. He was a heavy smoker and, um, and you know, he just, he, but he was so hot and so lean and so fit. He'd lost 12 kilos since the beginning of the year, all stress related, but he needed a detox to clear his mind. And his takeaway was that he could leave this now the whole week and could handle all the things that were bringing him down from the beginning of the year. And the man that had his relationship issues, he was happy to go back in there and had actually surrendered. He said, I've surrendered to it. I'm just, I'm just going to trust that whatever occurs from this is the right thing for me. I think what you see occurs over this situation is, oh, and another thing that was on, on offer was called Soul Path. And that was seeing, I guess you would say a clairvoyant or a tarot card reader. And one lady lost her husband in October last year in a, a plane crash. And um, she went to see this person and she came back and she just 
said she felt such comfort because apparently he did nothing but tell her he loved her every day. Like he just adored his wife. And this lady turns around and she said, look, I, I don't know why, but I keep getting this person, this, this, this thing saying to me, I love you, I love you, I love you. And she just smiled and said, well, that's what he used to say to me every day. Now, you could say, oh, that could be anybody, but it was very poignant for her But because of the way he spoke and the way he did things. And he told her that, you know, that he's right there, that everything's fine and everything will be all right. And she was such a classic. I just loved this woman. And she was seven, in her 70s. And here she was doing this retreat for herself to nurture. And she said she walked away not only feeling better in her own health and wellness and, and obviously enjoying the, the whole environment, but she particularly loved connecting with a whole lot of new friends. And, you know, it was just it's amazing what can happen in seven days. As, as we've seen on our hikes and our trips it reminded me very much of what we do when we take our trips away, girls. Um, only there was a lot more pampering and I was actually going to put a request in that we suggest that after every day's hike that we include a lot more pampering, please. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> and horses. <laughs> oh, horses. Do, do we need horses? I think we should well, we always have, have horses. We should always have horses. <laughs> <laughs> Just not the ones that like throw me off. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> no, Kimmy, I had to get there before you did. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting. I, I, I just was <laughs> hinting at it. <laughs> tell me, tell me about the guard. The lady that came in and talked to you about organic gardens. Yeah, so there was three beautiful gardeners there, um, Shelley. And what the other thing that's interesting at Gwingana is most of the people that work there have been there from its inception, um, or certainly at least for the last decade. Dr. Libby Weaver started all her talks there. And, you know, of course, she's a, she's had a massive part to play down there at Gwingana. So... Um, Shelley, who has helped um, create the garden, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, this woman knew so much about plants and so much about permaculture and organic gardening and cultivating and everything was easy. And she talked about the moon chart and she took us over to read the moon chart and the astrological chart. And there's this beautiful man called Thomas who lives on the Gold Coast. There's no power to his house. So when people ask for his website, she goes, there's no power. So um, he doesn't have a website. If you want his moon chart, you've got to order it online, like the normal way, take it to the post office and he'll post you one. And he, it is so divine and so gorgeous and incredibly clever. So I learned how to read the moon planting astrological chart, which I would love to show you both. I got you both a poster. And um, you will just love how you can read the charts so much so that you can learn when. So you should know when to plant your seedlings, when to plant your uh, your greens, when to plant your roots, and when to plant your citrus. And every day on the calendar is mapped out according to the moon. And it's got on there. And she said things like when they planted outside of those things and she showed one of the trees that was planted outside of it as opposed to the one that was planted in the right time, one was twice the size of the other. That's how much it can make an impact. But unless you're aware of this, you would just think it was normal. So, of course, when the sun is, is sorry, when the moon is getting fuller, all the energy is going into being fuller. So that's when we plant our greens because that's when the energy is coming up and we plant our 
citrus in this time because the energy, the, the moon is pulling the energy up. And then when we go through the full moon and then the moon starts getting s- smaller again, then that's when we plant our root crops because obviously all the energy is going down. And it was just, I know that to gardeners out there listening to this, you probably think I'm crazy because you probably already know this, but I had no idea um, around the whole moon charting. And it got to the point where she could even read on the chart when's a good, when's a good day to ask for a pay rise. There's certain days on the 25th and 26th of this month that is the best days to clean your house. Um, that, that came up. So the 25th and 26th of April is the best day to clean your house. Um, you know, it was just it was just amazing to listen to her. And as we walked around the garden, she showed us how to pick edible flowers and where to plant and to know that I didn't know this but when turmeric is growing as we know right up until this time of year the the leaves are very big and lush and green and taking in all the energy from the sun and now they're starting to die off with autumn obviously the the leaves are starting to brown and most people will go oh that's ugly and they they cut it off but she said if you just let the leaves do its thing people think the plant looks unhealthy but in fact now all the energy is now going into the root and the turmeric is just absolutely um getting all its energy into the base of the plant and um we walked down into the organic orchard and right through there was sapotes mangoes pineapple uh, mandarin grapefruit lime her her advice was if you don't know what tree to plant in your garden then everybody should at least have a lime tree limes can go with everything and by the way Shelley was also a chef originally at Gwingana so to then become the gardener and have the chef she works really closely with the chefs on the flavors and the the foods of the season and, and what things go well and then she picks all these flowers and decorates all our food just look beautiful. If you look at my Instagram page, you'll see all the beautiful photos. So um, she was beautiful. And then she walked us into the organic garden and how they prepare all the beds. They had worm farms. And then there was basil, the beautiful silky um, um, chook. And he was, you know, strutting his stuff around there. There was a peacock strutting around. And, and she said, if we all just stopped and listened, the birds will tell us. And when a certain bird is chirping, she knows within two days the rain is coming. And so they all know to make sure that they um, plant certain things at that time because they know it's going to rain for some time. I'm not kidding. It is that accurate. It is that insane around nature if we just stopped and listened to the birds, the plants, if we observe nature in such a way, it talks to us in profound ways. It's just that we've lost touch. Um, and, you know, I, I thought of Dark Emu, I thought of um, many of our talks that we've shared together and Cindy through your course and everything. It's, it was just beautiful to hear it all because this is the, the line that I know you take very much, Cindy, with your farm as well. And, and then, of course, she led us down to the bees and talked about the beautiful bee. And, oh, my gosh, this was so cool. She was talking. Am I talking too much? No, not at all. I'm loving it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we get down to the bees and she goes, you know, to become a beekeeper, it takes 50 years of practice. So I'm only nine years in. And therefore, um, I'm only a newbie, she said, but I love my bees. And she showed us, and she's actually allergic to them. If she gets stung by a bee, she um, has basically 10 minutes if she doesn't survive. So I think it's hilarious that she's a beekeeper. But anyway, they don't use smoke. They don't 
use any chemicals, everything's organic. But she was talking about the worker bee and how the worker bee only lasts. Do you guys know this? That, you know, it's six weeks that they last and their job in the first two weeks is to nurse the, the larvae or the queen bee if she's been out to the drone party. She called it a drone party where the queen bee can fly anywhere up to 10 kilometres away mm. and a drone party is happening. So all the boys are waiting for her. And then she has a great night and she has a really good night. And these boys, they hook on first and best served and they hook on. Apparently they impregnate her with their sperm and then they die. So the drones might oh. think it's a party, but then they die. And then she <laughs> may get impregnated um, up to 14 to 20 times. And then she may travel that whole five to 10 Ks back to her hive loaded. <laughs> and that's when oh. she you know, it'd be awful to, uh, sometimes it, you know, she's, you know, you see they've been hit by a car or gotten by a bird or a bat or a, like she said, it's incredible what these queens do. And then they get back into the hive and the nurses, the, the worker bees in the first two weeks of their life, come up and clean her off and get her all ready to start within three days planting the larvae. And all the larvae, now here's the fascinating thing, doesn't, she said she's found black bees in her hives at times and she's realised that... <laughs> Obviously, queen bees had some fun out there, and but how she, how's this? The, the sperm doesn't get separated, so all the black bees are planted in a row, and all the golden bees are planted in a row, and I just I found that fascinating. And then um, the, the worker bees in the second two weeks of their life, they're out there looking for food. So they can fly again anywhere up to 10 kilometres to find the best food. And I don't know if you've ever seen on TV or on documentaries when they talk about the worker bees or bee dancers, but the, the worker bee will come back into the hive and they do a dance. Now, according to where the sun is hitting the hive, this bee, she will dance around in a certain circle and in a figure of eight so many times in the direction to wherever the tree or the plant is that she found the most food so all the other worker bees know where to go. How phenomenal is that? I mean, it is that accurate with where she can tell the rest of the hive to go. And there's 50,000 bees in each hive and they all have a place and a part to play. And then if a black mite beetle comes in, then the worker bees also set about to um, making sure that these bees get, these beetles get attacked and Apparently a clean hive, bee hygiene is very important. They're very big on keeping their hives clean. And if a disease gets in or if sprays have been used or things like that, that can disrupt a hive very quickly. Um, oh, she was just, and I probably have not mentioned half this in the way that she would have, but you get my excitement. I was so lit up by the bees. And then did you know that one teaspoon of honey is a is a worker bee's life. It took her that worker bee her whole six weeks of life to make you that one teaspoon of honey. And she said, so when I see people not scraping everything out of the rest of their bowl of their honey, she's like, that's two or three worker bees that have lost their life and you haven't even acknowledged them with their food. Mm -hmm. So um, so she was very big on making sure that you that you always scrape every bit of honey out of there. So yeah, I loved it, darlings. Loved every bit of it. Uh, it sounds like you learned so much too and reconnected. It's almost like a reconnection with earth, animals, plants mm -hmm. and yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've never yes. taken a week out of my life to do a retreat like that and just, you know, because that, that's, that's what we should be doing. We should be taking that time out and, and having that retreat time. So congratulations. 
I always lead them. And that was the cool thing to actually participate in mm. one from that angle and be a participant and totally indulge myself. And I don't mean indulge myself in an ego way. I mean, totally indulge in how I felt if I was tired, I could go on. Like I took my computer and I took all the stuff to work. because I thought the afternoons of rest, I could work. Now that sounds funny, but I, I actually had no energy for it. it. And maybe that's the food. Maybe it's this, but also I'm really grateful for it because I, I really did drop out and that was part of the thing. You're not allowed to take your phones with you anywhere. Um, it's a detox from, um, you know, your work as well. And it's so funny because I asked Marnie to bring me three, some, some champagne through duty free when I picked her up, one of the mm-hmm. other girls that I went with and she brought it to me. And on the first night that they talked about alcohol and if they find things in our room, they've actually kicked people out if they haven't done the right thing. And she brings it into my room and she goes, I'm not being caught with this contraband. And, and it was like, <laughs> Oh my God, what do I do with it? What do I do with it? <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. We felt like naughty schoolgirls. Oh, and the other thing that we did was we learned from Shelley and Jade, the other gardener, aloe vera. Now, I think it's it's called Barbara Densky. Oh, Barbara and Dennis was how the way I remember it, but Barbara Dens or something or other is the botanical name, aloe vera Barbara Dens or something or other. That's the particular aloe vera which we need to grow. And then we got taught how to harvest it and cut it into a – probably a six centimetre by three centimetre piece. And then you put that into, you've got to drain it to get the yellow liquid out of it first. And then half an hour later, you can slice the leaves, um, the the green off, and then you get this little six by three piece. And you put it into a, probably a 150 mil, 200 mil glass bottle and you fill it with water. And it kind of almost coagulates slightly, just slightly. That has such high antioxidant and healing and detoxing qualities. So every morning we had our aloe vera and it would last a week. So every morning you drink it, you've got to keep it in the fridge so it doesn't ferment. So you'd pour half of it off, fill the other half up with warm water so it wasn't really cold hitting your tummy. And then you would drink this drink every morning and you just felt fantastic. Everybody talked poos. There was the poo talk one night. Everybody talked about how many times they were going, what they were doing, because there was a poo talk on the first or second night, so everyone felt quite at ease to talk about poo. Um, And then there was this very, very hot man um, who did the physical stuff, and he's 53, and honestly, we all thought he was 40. Um, uh, But, yeah, he was gorgeous as well. Carl is his name. Um, but yeah, so and all the speakers and presenters were beautiful. We had a naturopath speak, um, talking about wellness. The biggest talk and impact that had on me was the one on sleep, because you know, girls, that I probably don't sleep a lot, and um, that had a big impact on me. And taking my magnesium powder at night has allowed me to get eight hours in, which is amazing. I've never had eight hour sleeps before, but understanding our sleep cycle and understanding the reasons for. Um, the deep sleep as a and it's in our deep sleep which actually only occurs for 25 percent of our sleep overall it's in that deep restorative sleep that all the regeneration healing and detoxing goes on and if we wake up to go to the toilet we've come out of REM to go to the to go to the loo but if we get ourselves back into bed and settle ourselves straight away we can go back down into our deep sleep but it's if we come out of REM and it's in the REM time that we have our most vivid dreams and our bodies. 
um, can, tend to, um, you know, twitch and things like that. So it was just, it was just very interesting to, to learn about all the different things that keep us well. And you know what I would say to people, even if you think it's out of your price league and you think I couldn't, then plan to do it in one, two, three or four years. I think some of the people that went to that retreat, they do it every year. Some of them do it every six months. Um, some people said I'd only do it every five years. One lady said, I'm not sure if I'd come back again for 10 years. I think it's very personal oh. and um, it's something that I'd love to do with a group of girls that were interested. It certainly wouldn't be some, you know, don't think of it as a group of girls going around, going away and having late nights and, and drinking. It's not that. It is a total um, look within, like you said, connection with the plants, the animals, the ground, nature and, and, and yourself. It was, it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I, I feel really good after you talking about it. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my, I'm, I'm drinking my inflammation tea and I'm just kind of dreamily thinking mm. about all these beautiful things that you've learned that I've decided that I'm going to give you a job if you want it, Kim, as consultant on my farm. Oh. <laughs> you know what you sound like you learned so much. <laughs> I used to do it for spas and go in and, and be a consultant for them about what they needed and what they didn't need. And, and I honestly, I can see the power of what something like that would be. And I kept picturing your farm and mm. I saw little cabins and I saw this lecture room. And, and honestly, I think you should go and call it research and development mm -hmm. and um, make sure that you do it. But you're, you're dead right. And I think there's something to be said for taking that time. And even though, like I said before, you may not be able to afford it right now. If you put it on your bucket list, if you put it in a dream board, but don't just have it on a bucket list, actually do the manifestation process through manifesting Matisse and then work out how much mm -hmm. money you need to save and start putting it away. So, you know, in four years time or three years time or two years time that that's where I'm going to be and you know and allow yourself an extra um extra for the in any extra treatments that you wanted the other treatment i did was called the wellness package which i saw a beautiful man who was a naturopath he had a, a degree in biochemistry and biomedical science he did his thesis in iridology because he didn't believe in iridology <laughs> So he actually did a thesis oh. in it to prove why it wasn't good oh and, um, and came out the other side of it going, it's an amazing diagnostic tool. He nailed me. Mm -hmm. He took a photo of both my eyes. I found out that I'm actually a, a blue, a blue eyed person, not green eyed. I thought I was green eyed, but he said, no, that's through genetics that your eyes have got this orange and um, yellow haze that have come over them, which is robustness, he said. But in fact, and he showed me how to read my eyes and he picked up he said oh you've got thoracic and lumbar issues um nothing too bad he said but it's something's showing up there you might have problems so make sure you look after that and I said oh I've just had surgery and he goes okay that's kind of major um and then <laughs> and then he, he did talk about my blood sugars he could pick up like and all like reflexology every part of the eye on both sides has a story for those people that don't know much about it and it's insane. The little pockets and then the lymph nodes and the nervous rings that you can see around it. 
Um, also, he could tell my adrenals had slightly fatigued. He said, considering, because then I got to tell him how much I'd been through over the last year, probably the last 20 years, I said. Um, but he, he said, considering what you've gone through and all the different things you've done, you have one of the most robust um, systems. And these are just markings to, to be mindful of and um, just be aware, you know, you do well without refined sugars, obviously, dairy and alcohol. But if you're going to do them, then just make sure that you you feed yourself on you know if you're going to have drinks then make sure that you that you build up with your magnesium and your zincs and things like that afterwards so that was really cool to um and skin brushing came up a lot how powerful that is for all of us skin brushing towards the heart is a very very powerful thing to do um, which i did daily down there um to support the lymphatic system with detoxing so it just got me doing things that i'd that I've done in the past, but somehow got out of practice or had forgotten about. And that was a very cool thing to do. And then I did a live blood analysis, girls. Have either of you ever done that? No, yeah, I've not. Had... Yeah. Oh, oh my God. see, really? That's no. so great. No, I've not done it. Oh, yeah. It was so cool to see. So my lunch, I said, what are all those things moving? And he said, oh, that's your lunch. It's all breaking down into fats and proteins and all of this. And your blood's just picking up your lunch. That's how quickly it's getting into the system. And then what we discovered with my red blood cells, that they were popping. And I said, oh, is that good or bad? It looks like champagne. <laughs> and he said, no, actually, they should be lasting for 10 um, minutes before they're popping, which just it's just showing that your membrane um, is is not um, doing so well, which is actually a lack of essential fatty acids, in particular omega three, which lately I have been really craving and wanting to get back into my flaxseed inca inchi and my um, uh, yeah my flaxseed inca inchi. What was the other one? Uh, what's another omega three oil? Uh, yeah, it's flax. It's flax and kimchi. Um, there was one other I thought. Fish oils. Chia. Fish oil. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, just it confirmed a lot of things for me, and it was so cool to have the chemistry, the science, and the holistic approach, so that you could do a whole wellness thing for yourself. It was a check-in and a beautiful um, reminder of what was required, and just to keep myself healthy and staying in this this wellness space. I absolutely loved it. Mm. <laughs> I think you, you need an affiliate for this program because it sounds like <laughs> everybody on Up for Chats can be going, oh, hey, how many were there, by the way? How many um, were I in... think a full house is might be somewhere around 75, 80. I think wow. Have oh, wow. Okay, and that's, that's each time. And they're at 75% capacity for every if not full, they're always at 75% capacity for everything. So there's a seven-day detox or you can do a two-day wellness weekend or five-day wellness or a weekend retreat. There's different ones that you can do. But I think what I loved about the detox is that it was going to be not, not the extreme for me, but for some it might have been the extreme. But it's a really good way to go, okay, how serious am I with my health? I need a circuit breaker here or I need, a, I need something to just get me back on track and – um, or to remind me of what's important, or to check in with where I'm going. We all know, I can tell you this, every single person listening to this, we know we could be doing things better. We know we could be doing things in a much healthier way, perhaps for most of us. 
This helps you um, realize the damage we're causing by not or thinking, oh, I'll do it later. There is no such thing as later when it comes to our health. We all know, the three of us harp on this enough, that health is your greatest asset. And if I could give one piece of advice out of this, if you don't go to Gwangana, then that is why doing something like Cindy's program or you know, getting your coaching or the inner circle with you, Karen, has just, I know that what that gives people is, is and I do keep calling it a circuit breaker because it takes you out of your own head and gives you some more education in some area that maybe you didn't think was possible or perhaps you hadn't even thought of. And I love the whole angle of self-care because you can do anything out there as long as you've got your health. And I don't think many of us appreciate our health until it's compromised and I'm just so grateful that I went along. I realized that all the things that you girls have taught me has kept me in really good stead. And you know, the really big thing I took away from it, my darlings, is I truly believe when the iridologist man was talking to me and he said, you really, you've really been doing some good things. Now I know I've also done naughty things, but he said, you've done really good things. And he said, you know, and you've obviously looked after yourself for some time because your blood is showing this in a long process and your eyes would have shown damage a lot more. He said, what, is, what do you do? And I thought, what's the one thing I've done long term for at least two decades? And for three decades, I have used my essential oils. They are my go-to. They are my, and he went, well, that would explain why you are robust and why you've got really good health constitution because obviously whenever you have a crisis or something, you tend, are you someone who will treat it or do something about it? And I said, Absolutely. Actually, he's another one we should get on the show because what he talked about with the eyes was brilliant because he was just awesome. And having his biochemistry and biomedical background, I just thought it's cute that he um, that he did it to prove why it wasn't working and then fell in love with it. He said it's not the number one diagnostic tool, but it is certainly a... a um, an adjunct to have alongside of something or to prove something or to confirm something. So, mm. yeah, do, you know, awesome. do you know, I did iridology um, for, I reckon about a decade. I did it when I first got out of nutrition. Um, I did Berta Jensen and then I did, an, there, there's another one. Um, so there's different um, people that teach it, but I, I started with Berta Jensen and then went to a German one. And I remember this so vividly. Is that this young girl came in to see me and I, I looked at her and I said, look, I'm a little bit concerned about what's happening in your ovaries and I think you need to go and get it checked out. Anyway, she rings me about a week later and she said, um, I went and did what you said, Cindy, and I had a cyst the size of a pear sitting oh. on my ovaries. And, um, oh. you know, I couldn't see the cyst, but I could see something was wrong. And, um, yeah, so it is, it is very good. Like you can really see the gut, you can see acidity, um, you can see the nervous system. So you can see some amazing things when you look into people's eyes. And I still find myself um, looking at somebody and looking at their eyes and I can see things. I can see the size of their pupils, mm-hmm. which is a great diagnostic tool as to whether they're parasympathetic or they're sympathetic. I can see if they have uh, long-term arteriosclerosis or calcium buildup in their in their um, blood or in the, the the arteries. You can see this as clear as day, and I don't know why more people don't use this as you know the beginning of diagnosis. Mm, yes. It's very yes, in, yes. invasive. It's it's not invasive at at all. Um, you know, all I had was a Nikon. Um, camera lens and a light 
That was the only thing that I used. I didn't have a camera. I didn't have anything. I just used that and had a quick look and and then wrote down things and then talked to them about what um, I felt that they needed. But, you know, not um, being a, a, a clinical nutritionist like I used to be, I stopped using it and yeah, you, you stop using it and you kind of lose that ability to do it, except in small ways. Yes, and, and you know what I also love? There was a lot of talk about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. Everything was about how to get us out of um, that dominance where we are, you know, as she called it, crazy, hazy and lazy. So it's it's just an insane time. And, and the way that they talked about how we can thrive through those things, um, we also learned all about... Um, the, the phase one, two, and three of the liver um, detoxification processes and what's required. And I, I think for a lot of people there, particularly the men that were there, you know, they don't, I'm not, I'm just generalizing here, but and maybe not just the men, but a lot of people, they, they tend to hammer themselves, but they don't realize how hard their body's working or how much their body does in order to stay out of that um, parasympathetic um you know, or the sorry, the sympathetic system where we are absolutely going crazy, and how to get back into the parasympathetic. Here was one thing. Here's how to remember the, the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic. It's just all coming back to me. Sympathetic starts with S. It's stress related. Parasympathetic starts with P. It's peace related. So there you go. That was a good little tip that just came to me. But yeah, we got some really good take homes. Things that you can do at home for yourself. And um, what, what the one thing that also struck a chord for me is you know not having coffee. I didn't miss it at all. I'm not even sure if I'll drink coffee again. I, I just didn't miss it being away from it. What, what's your thoughts, um, Cindy, around detoxing like this and then coming out of that? Like, like how do you think people co- – like, what, what's your thoughts about how people then go on out in the world? It's not like we were giving recipe books and programs to go on with. What's, what's your thoughts there? And, and maybe you, Karen, from a mental point of view, because I think a lot of people would feel lost when they left as well. <laughs> Oh, look, I think a week of immersing yourself and, and seeing how good you can feel after, you know, you do clean out is a, a really good start. But not being given the tools, or it sounds like you did get given the tools in order to make those changes. And I think that's probably the most important thing is, is being given the homework and the tools and the books and the information that you need in order to make the changes. Like I was talking with... Um, a, a gorgeous young medical doctor who's becoming a pediatrician and she's a little bit um, disillusioned with what is happening in her profession. And and um, she she just said to me, you know, I've got 15 minutes with patients. It's not enough. They, I can't tell them how to do things. All I do is frighten them almost, you know, in that I say, this is what's happening. and But you don't give them the tools. And it's almost like you need... Um, like a, a coach, somebody that's going to coach you through these changes. You know, like Karen spends a year with people coaching mm-hmm. them through changes. Kim, you spend six months, I think it is, when you do yours. I spend sometimes years, definitely 12 months, but sometimes it takes them two years to have the understanding of what um, needs to happen in order for people to change. You can't expect somebody to go into something like that for a week and they're being told, well, this is the way you've got to eat. Where do I find my food? Where do I go? They've got to have somebody in the community that can help them find how to get these foods. How do I cook that? Where do I go for this recipe? 
like it's all well and good for us because we're thinking and um, living this our whole lives. But someone who has no idea, you know, like they go into a pediatrician's office, like I'm thinking about this beautiful young pediatrician, and they go in and you go, oh, well, you have asthma, yes, or you've got food allergies or you've been diagnosed with autism and or your kid's been diagnosed with autism and um, there's nothing we can do it, except maybe we could change your diet. Maybe diet might make be or behavioural um, changes might be something that could work, but you can't do that in 15 minutes. So mm. you had a week, Kim, but I think there needs to be tools once you get out of that week. It's, it, it's like my um, four-phase fat loss. You know, they're with me while they're going through that and they're being taught lessons about, you know, what food is good for them, what works for them. But some of them still derail. They still derail even though they've been five, six weeks in a group learning the lessons, hearing what other people are doing. They still derail. So in the end, you know, maybe Karen can put um, a spin on that and, and what makes people make those changes and for good. How do we do that, Karen? It's such a good question, really. I'm sitting here thinking of the answer myself, you know, because I think for all of us, we become so ingrained in our habitual way of being that actually making a change, it doesn't just happen in a week. It's like in a week, you get a taste of what else is possible. But then after that, the work starts. So it's, off, it's almost like those retreats, you know, even with the retreats that I run, you know, that's, that's where the direction gets set. But the work happens when you leave. That's when it really gets challenging and you're up against your habits and you're up against your default positions and you're doing things automatically without even thinking and then you catch yourself afterwards. So I think if a person's got a plan and a strategy and I honestly think to have a coach run beside you that you can just, you know, you don't have to have somebody telling you what to do, but if you can just have somebody that you can check in with once a week that actually knows more than you or that's walked the path before you that can kind of anticipate what the next week might bring or some of the pitfalls that you might experience. I think that's invaluable for people because if we knew better, we would already be doing better. And the fact that we're not is just evidence that we're always a work in progress. You know, there's always something different or more to learn. And those retreats are fantastic to reset, recalibrate, review and inquire into what else is possible and you're actually getting the physical experience of it which helps set the neurological patterns because if somebody just tells you you know we can speak to we're blue in the face but people don't make change based on what they get told they only make change based on what they experience because we don't know something and we won't make change until we know and if we're just being told it's just a belief and we will not make change based on belief unless we're talking about religion. That's the only form of belief over generation after generations that people have made changes in their lives based on belief. But there's a lot of other indoctrination and fear and, you know, a lot of other psychological methodologies involved in all of that. But that aside, um, normal day-to-day stuff, unless we know it from experience, we're less likely to make lasting change. So I think for, you know, the people who've been where Kimmy's been, the best thing they could do at Gwingana or any retreat is to have access to coaches that people can draw on if and when they need to because they will fall off the wagon. It's inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable. We've been being us for a long time and, 
You know, we've got to lay down new neurological patterns and that takes effort. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think what was so cool, I think, Cindy, you're right, if people really went on a retreat like this or even when we've done Awaken the Change retreats or whatever, I, I... Everywhere I went, I had my notebook. I took notes religiously everywhere, not because um, necessarily I didn't know something. It was it was often to remember or to remind myself and for me to reflect on after I left there because a lot of the information you're taking, 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 like anything when you're learning, you're, you're taking it all in. And then it's not till you, like you said before, Karen, it's not until you do the, the work actually occurs when you get home. Mm-hmm. That's It's the absorption when you're learning really and then the work occurs the minute you start doing it for yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got up this morning early and, Got, I woke early after I got into bed at, so you'd be so proud. I was in bed at 8.15. I was asleep by 8.30. How's that, girls? That's never happened to me. Go you. And I know. And then woke at 11.30 and went, oh, bugger, 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 bugger. I was so annoyed I'd woken up. But then went to the loo, came back and went, no, no, I'm going to just take myself back. Gone. I don't even remember saying, you know, I'm going to take myself back. I think I was gone before down. And then um, woke at 4.30, which is an eight-hour sleep for me. So I got myself up. I walked down to the beach and I did Qigong on the beach by myself, watching the sun come up. It was, oh, it actually brings tears to my eyes thinking about it. I just, it's, it's those little things that don't cost you a lot of money or time. Um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to say this as a plug, but at the end of, well, it is really, but at the end of July, I'm doing a, a retreat, just a three-day retreat up here on the Sunshine Coast. It's it's only $299 to do three days. Well, it's actually two and a half days um, just here on the coast to give people some of these tools. And I just, I, it's, I've called it the Essential Self-Care Weekend. And I realized that I will be able to bring this information there in a, in a not obviously what I learned over seven days, but it's little things like that too. You don't have to spend a fortune to go and learn the information. What we three offer in different levels can give people just that little bit of something or a little bit of inspiration or a little bit of something else. And it really made me feel proud of what the three of us do because I know sometimes it's very tiring and exhausting for all of us. I know sometimes we each have questioned what we're doing or why the hell we're doing it or is there any point. And I know at times we've been in complete flow with what we're doing and loving everything. This was confirmation for me that um, the people that you spend time with um, really do influence your life powerfully. The, the, the top people you spend time with really do have an effect on us and therefore who are you hanging out with and therefore who do you want to hang out with and how do we bring those people to inspire us there was one lady there that said oh I'm such a big drinker you know our life is all around alcohol it would be really hard for me to give up by the end of it she said you know what I actually I've decided because she had another friend who actually had to give up alcohol and this woman was inspired hanging out with her because she didn't have to drink with her she's actually gone home she said I'm gonna I'm not I'm not going to feel pressured into thinking I have to drink to have a good time. So it'll be interesting if she can continue that. It was little ahas like that that have you just take a little different life course, doesn't it? And and Karen, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Sometimes we do actually need the coach alongside of us or um, some someone or you know we've had people say that this podcast every week is a form of of keeping an account in check Mm. and just having a little reminder and if it's something as simple as a podcast wow how cool is that 
Mm. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. Sometimes that is all that's needed, you know, just to have a, 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 a reminder or, or, and you say, you know, to remind us or have surround yourself with the people who can remind you. Mm. Yeah, very cool. Mm. Awesome. Mm. So jelly bean, it just sounds fantastic. And I'm like you, Cindy, I never take time out for myself because if I'm at a retreat, I'm usually delivering it. So, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to actually go on a retreat. Oh, dear, dear, dear. See, I get all <laughs> It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Like I've, I've just been thinking about it. I think, well, I, I never do it. You know what? Since I was 19, I wanted to go to Camp Eden because I'm pretty sure that was, you know, I don't know if Camp Eden still exists anymore, but I remember being 19 and going, I'm going to go to Camp Eden. And I've here I am heading towards 60 and I still haven't done a week retreat. No, nowhere. Like you said, we always facilitate. Maybe we put it out there that, okay, we've got two hikes coming up, but maybe the year after the year after next, we do Gwangana and maybe we book out the 70 mm. seats one week and all of us go there and, I don't know, I'm just putting it out there. We could all do a retreat and be on a retreat together. It would be so much fun. Well, what I'd like to put out to Gwangana, because I'm sure they will be listening to this podcast, <laughs> personally, I'd like for Gwangana to open it up for the three of us to come down, spend a week, try everything out, and I mean everything, try everything <laughs> out over the three weeks. Uh, sorry, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll take three. Okay. Three's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So they open it up for us and we go try out everything and then we can promote our next retreat there. But, of course, we must try it out first. <laughs> I of like course. your ideas. I love your ideas. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. So, Gwingana, let's get on to that. Let's, um, let's, let's see if we can make that happen, Gwengana. I know that you're listening and I know that you would want to be a part of this fabulous <laughs> movement that Up for a Chat can create. There you go. How's me? I went up to Sharon, the director there, because I, uh, you know, I knew I recognised her and I said to her, Sharon, I, you won't remember me, but I met you just last year. And she goes, oh, really? I said, yes. And I'm sure it was at a Business Chicks event in Brisbane. And she goes, oh, no, I haven't been to Business Checks for a while. And I said, well, I'm, it was definitely at Business Checks. I remember standing there with you. I was introduced to you were the head of um, Gwingana. And she said, no, the last time I was at, at Business Checks was Mark Boris. That was three years ago. And I went, oh, like, <laughs> I, I thought it was last year. I'm so bad like that. So anyway, yeah, it was three years ago that I met her. And I said to her, I will be at your retreat one day. It's on my list. And then I did a manifestation on it. Not only... I, Probably 18 months ago, I did a manifestation on it because I thought I really want to do a retreat. So I, I agree with you, Kaz. I think we have to we have to put it out there. If, I'm sure Sharon will listen to this and Donna, the head of programming. I'll make sure Shelley, the beautiful organic gardener, will get them all on to listening to this so they can see that the number of people that listen to this show and, and how much we could support. You know, Hugh Jackman is part ownership, part owns Gwingana. Did you guys know that? No. Is that right? Oh. I think we should also insist that he is there when we go on our retreat. I, I won't I say no to that one. I love him. And I love, and I've, and I've been to a business chick one with his wife. Um, mm-hmm. We were there. We were there. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it was, but yeah, well, she was just fabulous. And you didn't you ask the question, or you wanted to ask the yes. question? <laughs> now, come on, tell us what it's like. <laughs> Did you ask that question, or is it just remembering yeah. what you were going to ask? <laughs> 
Please, excuse me. I know this isn't pertinent to anything you've said about adoption or anything at all, but what is it like? (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) That's the question everybody wants to know, right? (laughs) Boy, yes. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Quingana, you've got to go there. G W I N G A N A dot com. You've got to go there. Go and check it out, team. It's a beautiful place. And tell them that Up for a Chat recommended you if you booked in. Go on. Oh, absolutely. I think that just sounds fun to. And, and, and tell them that Up for a Chat, you know, looking forward to coming. Sure, you do say that. Whatever you do, just make sure you say that. <laughs> oh, it was oh, I love it. Oh, I love Thank it. Thank you for letting me share that. I really, really I loved, loved every it. minute of it. Mm. Um, oh. And in case anyone was wondering what that beautiful um, um, aloe vera plant was, it's aloe barbadensis. Just in case you want, because you have to have the right aloe vera for the one to, to drink. So aloe barbadensis is the one. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I think this has been a fabulous podcast. Oh, I think you've had us yeah, eating out of your hands the whole time. <laughs> I wished I'd had my notes in front of you to give it to you better because I took notes on all of this. I should have been more prepared and then I would have been a little bit more onto it. But that just all came from the heart. Oh, it was fabulous, Kimmy. And, and, you know, just the way that you describe it makes us feel like we're there with you. <laughs> oh, I thought of you a lot, both of you. Oh, it was divine. Mm-hmm. Just divine. <laughs> Magical. Well, I guess if any of our listeners are interested in um, going to see Gwingana, how do you spell it again, Kimmy? G-W-I-N-G, so Gwing. And then Anna, A-N-N-A, Gwingana Wellness, but it's gwingana.com. Oh, fabulous. Awesome. Well, go and check out that health retreat. But anyway, what I actually think would be a really cool idea is to just think about giving yourself a retreat from your life. You know, just, I was just now thinking to myself, oftentimes I've said to Matt, I just feel like I need a break from my life. And sometimes just an afternoon at the beach where I don't have my phone or I don't have anybody able to get me, or sometimes just even time on a plane. I know that sounds really bizarre, but every time I board the plane, I feel like I'm escaping my life for a while because while you're in the air, no one can get you. You know, you're uncontactable. And I think sometimes being so contactable is part of the problem we've created for ourselves. So small steps, just think about a way that you can retreat from the life that you've created regroup, reassess, review um, and revisit some of the decisions and the choices that you're making for yourself and take that time to dive inside and see what's really there so that you can decide whether you want to continue what you've been doing or if you want to start on the journey of change. And you know that we're all here for you, Kim, Cindy and I, each in our individual ways. We're all here for you to support you in whichever way suits you best. You know, some people are really needing some help and some support in the nutrition. So go follow Cindy and jump onto her website, changinghabits.com.au, Cindy? .au? Yes, .au. .au. And then, you know, if it's, if it's needing some essential oils, if it's needing some more retreat time for yourself, jump onto Kimmy's website at 28.com 
Or if you're feeling like you need some support with what goes on between your two ears, jump onto my website, karensmith.com. So we're all here, you know, we're right here to support you and love you and coach you and run beside you in your journey. Don't ever feel like you're on your own. And I guess that's one of the reasons why we've loved doing Up For A Chat and why we continue to do Up For A Chat year on year is because we do feel so very much a part of your life. So if you guys have got questions, if you've got things that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, go to our Facebook page at all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your questions there. Post the things that you'd like to hear us talk about. Post them there because we've really... You know, we really love to talk about the things that are of interest to you. You can also go to all the W's dot the wellness guys dot the sorry, the wellness couch dot com forward slash up for a chat five years and counting. Oh, well, I ever get it. Two hundred and seventy nine episodes or something like that. Oh, jeepers, creepers, seriously. There you go, and that's the end of that. Then, on that note, join us here next week on Up the Chat. Become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride, and next week, before you go, next week we're going to talk to you more about our trips to Europe and New Zealand. So make sure that you stay tuned and find out more about how you can join us on those trips. See you guys next week. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.